Maybe it's an English-American thing. It is not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association. Okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, but you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. Football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um, how many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this room. How come this room ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Double Clutch Podcast. I am Matt Smash, your host. I'm joined today by the other Matt, Mr. Matthew Bates. Good evening. Uh, we have no Frankie this week, or no Andy. Andy's busy. Uh, I don't know what Frankie's doing, probably. Um, MIA. Yeah, in- incapacitated under a table somewhere. <laughs> Either that or did Ars- Arsenal, did Arsenal play tonight? Yeah, they played yeah. Chelsea. Did they, did they win or did they lose? I, 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 I guess if they lost then. I'm asking you know the wrong guy, aren't I? You know you're asking the wrong guy. I got, I got, I got, I got a quick fact check. Oh, it was nil-nil. So I'm sure he's still alive somewhere. That's got to that, be a positive. That's why we all love football. <laughs> For, for no scoring whatsoever. But anyway, we're, uh, we're here today just to, uh, which is, we are last show before Christmas because we're recording on Monday. We're recording on Christmas Eve Eve. Have you heard people saying that today? That really annoys me. Just want to punch them in the face when they do that. I was at work, so you know, people are like, Christmas Eve Eve. It's like, shut up. Did you work on the till? No. I, I, uh-huh. Well, I do labels and stuff normally, but because it's really quiet, I did my labels in like half an hour and I ended up filling cereal. So I just messed around filling cereal for the rest of the night. At the book, at the bookies, we had to say Merry Christmas after every transaction. And when people are betting on every single race and you say Merry Christmas to them every time, it just gets a bit repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> just hold up a sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it on my forehead. It says Merry Christmas on it. But, uh, we're gonna, we're not gonna talk about any of the games that have been on BT or League Pass or anything this week. We're just gonna crack on and get on with the MVP, really, because we're nearly, well, we're not halfway through the season, but we're, we're halfway, we're halfway through what would be the year. So we're gonna, uh, talk about the MVP and the, the running so far. So, I mean, there's su- such a variety of players and teams involved this year. I mean, is there anyone you want to throw out who you think should be? I mean, should we just debate what, what most valuable player is first? Because I think yeah. some people take it differently, don't they? They they do. My personal opinion of most valuable player should be that it follows the wording. So most valuable player for the team. So it shouldn't be, you know, best player on the planet uh, as to regards to LeBron James. So I think this year should be the year or could be the year where LeBron James doesn't get it. Because I think there's other players. You look at uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, Paul George, Kevin Durant, players like that who are, are, are cont- uh, you know, giving a lot more to their team right now and helping carry them through. Especially when you look at the way Kevin Love's playing with regards to the fact that Ricky Rubio has been awful like most of this season. So he's, you know, carrying an extra weight. And then you've got LaMarcus Aldridge, who's single-handedly winning games in Portland. Even Damian Lillard, I'd throw him in there. It's his second season, and we're putting him in an MVP situation. Yikes. It's just mental. <laughs> While I and it's not just me. Other people have put him on there. I know, I know. You're not you're not the only flamethrower for it. But no, what I think of MVP <laughs> is I think of the best player in the league. So you just want LeBron James to win it again. <laughs> I don't really want him to, but I just think... Well, let's get into LeBron James. We'll debate LeBron James. I personally think LeBron James, once again, will should be the MVP so far. Is he the best? We yeah. know he's the we know he's yes. the best player <laughs> in the league. Is he the most valuable in terms of contributing to his team? No, because you, you're a stat guy, so fling some stats. Fling some stats. <laughs> oh, uh, twenty twenty five points, seven assists, seven rebounds. It's just pretty. Yeah, he, he is every, every single every, year. Yeah, he's shooting over sixty percent this year as well, yeah. and forty. One or something from three. Six, which... 60, 40, and then his free throws. To be honest, pretty lackluster by him. 78. <laughs> <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> which is actually a career high for him. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> do you think it's, do you think the fact that maybe this season is that is probably going to be the season where he is actually most valuable in terms of team because they've, they're having a few issues in Miami right now, aren't they? So well, maybe he is giving them the extra wins that they need. 
the thing is with when we're talking about valuable, especially with LeBron James, he's probably the most valuable when we're talking about contending for a championship. They won't, the Miami Heat wouldn't win a championship without him. Yeah. And I know you can say that about all the other candidates, but if we're talking about Poland, I'm, I'm, I might be throwing some dirt on them, but I don't think they're particularly a contender for the championship just yet. I think it's still early, but when we're talking about Lamar, Lamarcus Aldridge, he is the most val- he is most valuable in the sense of he is the most valuable player on that team, but for how long? When we're talking about LeBron, when we're talking about how valuable he is, he's valuable for a championship. When Portland, when for Portland, Lamarcus Aldridge isn't really a contender for the, ch- isn't really the most valuable for a con- uh, contending legitimate team. I think the advantage LeBron James has, and like, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that he should be number one or anything, but the fact he can play either the small forward, the power forward, he could even chip in and be a centre every now and then for the Miami Heat. And you look at the numbers he posts and the way he plays both on the offensive end and the defensive end means he sort of covers everything. Uh, he's one of the best all-court all defenders in the league and he's capable of guarding like all five of the op- you know, the opposition's team. So even when he's on sort of cruise control, he's just he's higher than most people's normal standards, which makes him an elite player. So... He does bring a lot to the, to the team, and the advantage he's got over someone like Kevin Durant is Durant is can have sort of a very one dimensional game. Like Durant can just score sometimes. Mm-hmm. Melo is very similar, whereas LeBron James is just this all round monster that does everything. And he is he is to quote Tierra Henry the other night, he was talking about Lionel Messi. He is a freak of nature, basically. Like you know, he, he just does everything ridiculously well, and he makes normal players on earth look a bit weird. Maybe he is from Moral Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they did capture Michael Jordan after all and seeded himself. Yeah, in LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another thing that a factor when it all comes to MVP voting is, which we've been talking, which everyone's been talking about for the last few years, but we haven't really seen it, is voter fatigue. <clears throat> the people that vote for the MVP tend to be the same people every year. We don't know who these mystery people are, but. They seem, they've, Frankie they obviously Hobbs. seem, Frankie Hobbs, yeah. They, they obviously like, uh, LeBron James a lot. So maybe this year is the time that they think, like Jordan had it in the 90s when he was clearly, if you haven't heard of him, he was the best player ever and, and the best <laughs> player in the league. But people like Charles Barkley, Moses Malone, uh, Moses Malone, Carl Malone won the MVP. So maybe this is a year where people get voter fatigue and they just can't be bothered with LeBron and probably give him the defensive player of the year, which I don't think he will be, but that might be something that he gets out of it. Well, the top fives, I mean, to, to throw in Lamarcus Aldridge into a top five situation is just, you know, last year we wouldn't have thought that. The, the way Portland were playing last year, they, 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 they were okay, but they had that, that 12 game, they'd lost 12 games in a row or something, which was the largest loss streak in the league at one point. And to end of the season as well, that was, I think. Yeah. And they had all these issues. And then you've got other teams who, we, you know, we expect Chris Paul to be in there. We expect Kevin Durant in there. Paul George, you know, easily yes. in there this year. Yeah. What he's doing with, with um with Indiana, but then you go and look at someone like you know possibly Dwight Howard. He's been fantastic in Houston. Definitely as uh, of late. James ha- James Harden. Sorry, he's um he's sorting himself out recently. Only recently, mind. I didn't think he had a great start to the year. No. But there's so many players. I mean, have you got anyone you want to you could think of that you'd you throw in? You pretty much covered the board right there. I think you just reeled them reeled everyone off. But I. Uh, to go to your point, I think at, at the moment, I think the top, the top echelon of the MVP voting is LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Paul George. I think there is a bit of a difference. I think Lamarcus Aldridge is 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 got a foot in the door, but I think they are the consistent top three, maybe with Chris Paul. But the Clippers just don't seem legit enough yet. They've had loads of injuries. You can say the same about, uh, well, I guess a little bit about Minnesota, but yeah, they're definitely the top three at the moment. But you've covered all the board with all the names you have throwing out there well the thing is you look we go and look at the mvp rankings or whatever on nba.com and like the, the, there's like 12 pages of these things like there's <laughs> it goes all the way through to like someone like andre kirilenko which is you know who's played like three games yeah which is ridiculous <laughs> at the end of the day so the fact that they obviously have this opinion that it is based on your value you know how valuable valuable you are to your team then surely someone like KD has got a little bit more going to him than, I don't know, uh, Damian Lillard right now. Although yeah. Damian Lillard is winning games. Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> they hit two game winners in like three nights or something the other day. Indiana can keep going at the pace they're going. I know they've dropped a few recently, but if they keep going at the same pace, then I can definitely see Paul George. And to be honest, I'd love it if Paul George won. 
I think it would just be, I, I, obviously, I like his game a lot, but the fact that he's just really, he's not really come out of nowhere, but no one really expected the jump that he had between two seasons to be this big. We expected a bit of a jump, but he's just been, we're talking, when we're talking about Kevin Durant scoring and knocking down shots and all, and he's being consistent scoring, I think Paul George is definitely up there. He's definitely taken over uh, Carmelo Anthony. Well, the fact that he's emerged from um, Danny Granger's shadow is, you know, Danny Granger was an all-star player when he was fully fit and he was that franchise, he was that organization star man or, you know, the franchise tag guy. And then Paul George came out of nowhere and just sort of took over. And who was it? I think Larry Bird came out the other day and said Danny Granger needs to change his attitude because right now he's really kind of lazy. Whereas you look at all the other guys on that team, like, like Paul George and Hibbert and, you know, Hill and stuff, they're all, they constantly work to make themselves better. And because of that, that series they lost last year against Miami Heat, they're out for revenge this year. And I think they've made that pretty clear. I mean, even in the game in Miami the other night, they were right in it until LeBron James just took over the show, basically, <laughs> and did what, you know, what a two-time MVP does. But I don't know. I think it's a weird one. Like, my personal standard is uh, you've got to take the word in. So most valuable for me would be someone who contributes a massive amount to the team, whether it be, you know, game winners or dragging a team like, like a Portland up from, you know, from wherever it was, the ninth, tenth seed last year to number one seed in the Western Conference right now. I mean, what they are doing is, is incredible. And Kevin Love, who I mentioned, you know, his game the other night against the Clippers was insane. I think he had like, he nearly had a double double at half time, or I think he did have a double double at half time. He was just putting on a complete show, making Blake Griffin look, you know, Look like an average player, and Blake Griffin isn't an average player. Uh, that's, <laughs> a right, right. that's a debate for another time. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's average, but he's yeah. a dog machine. Yeah. What about Chris Paul? The forgotten, the forgotten Clippers. I feel like going into the going into the year, we were everyone was talking, and they were getting a lot of hype. I think they're slowly and quietly they building six on in a row at the moment, haven't they? Yeah, they beat uh, Minnesota last night, as you mentioned. But yeah, uh, where we talk, they've had a lot of injuries. The, the, the Clippers, which we thought would really show how much of a contender and that they are with JJ Reddick and, mm. well, Matt Barnes is back, but JJ Reddick, especially, he was on fire when he, before he went down in the, especially in the first quarter. I think he was leading the league in first quarter points, but yeah, Chris Paul. Another thing that I always look for in MVP is how much of a leader you are. And I don't really think there's a bigger leader, maybe LeBron James on the, on the, on an NBA court than Chris Paul. I know it comes with the position being a point guard, but. Well, LeBron could, James, if that game the other night was anything to go by, tends to have a go at half of his teammates. Yeah, well, <laughs> and he apologized. Yeah, he did, which is cool because they, they were lip reading it, weren't they? They were like, Oi, yeah. Rio, my bad. <laughs> Goddamn Rio. Uh, well, well, going on Rio, he did a dirt, he gave a dirty shot. I told you he's going to punch someone this year. Someone from the Heat. <laughs> he already, he already punched. He already pretty much hit Nowitzki. That's, that's it. You, you predicted him <laughs> punching, and we, I think we predicted Derek Rose going down as well. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Bulls fans. Sorry that we quite are very clairvoyant, and we know, and we obviously know exactly what's going to happen in this. But going, yeah, going back to Chris Paul, he's just he's a leader. He's a leader, and the, obviously, I think near the end of the season, if the Clippers can get a better record, and Make more state, have more statement wins. Like if they can knock off Miami, and I think they've already beaten San Antonio. But if they be, can beat San Antonio, and they look more, they just need to sort their defense at the moment. It's DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin, but I know that's really nothing to do with Chris Paul being an MVP. But if they get the best record, whoever gets the best record, I think this year will probably be the MVP. Whoever gets the best record, yeah, it normally happens. It, it happens. So that could either be, if you look at it where we stand now. Indiana are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and you've got Portland at the number one seed in the Western Conference. So out of the stars of those two teams, are you still are you picking Paul George or are you picking I would I'd pick Paul George. I think because they'd obviously have the better record than Miami and I think LeBron James in a lot of voters people's minds is that they that he's automatically gonna be the MVP if he if he's just consistent. Yeah, so the fact that he's taken his team to a better record than the reigning MVP yeah. shows that He's bet, you know, he is more valuable. Yeah. I feel, I feel we're, we're letting Kevin Durant sort of slip under the radar here a little bit. What he's doing in Oklahoma is incredible. And this is hilarious. I mean, I'm just going to throw it in there, but, you know, they, they were, we were without Westbrook for a good, you know, first few, few games of the season, a couple of weeks, I think it was, three weeks, four weeks. Uh, what about Reggie Jackson? Because, they were off to a flyer when he was playing and he just went into starters minutes and, you know, come, comes in, has a massive impact on the team. 
from what I gather, everyone really likes him. Scott Brooks says he's a really useful player to have off the bench, and he's a he he look he appears to me to be sort of a starting caliber point guard in this league. I mean, I think we had the same debate, it might have been me and you and me or Frank or somebody a uh, month or so back about Norris Cole. Like when Norris Cole was coming in, he was the production off the bench was superb, and he'd be a you know he, he's arguably better than a lot of the starting point guards for some of the teams in the league, especially if you look at Eastern Conference teams right now. So what are you saying is Reggie Jackson for MVP? <laughs> I, I threw his name in there I didn't say he was number one he might be like number 22 or something but he's alright not 22 maybe, maybe lower than that but we're just throwing, throwing names out there but then, then again Kevin Love is like would be way outside most people's top 10 just because he's in Minnesota he's not it's, in the limelight it's the record that, that kills them with yeah Minnesota from what, uh, from what I understand on Basketball Reference they have a, a great little stat they make up which is how tough a record is and According to them, Minnesota haven't really had the hardest schedule. They're like mid-tier, maybe one of the easiest schedules this year. Well, we we said that with Portland, didn't we? At the start of the season, we said that with Portland when they were on that streak. We were like, you know, their first 13 games were not tough games at all. Mm-hmm. And then they had that, they had the Warriors and they had the Bulls and they had everybody in like the space of the week and they, yeah. they still played really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they beat the Thunder and they beat the, they beat the Warriors. I think they've beaten the Lakers a couple of times. You know, they've beaten everybody right now. Yeah. <laughs> they do, they've got, I think if they've got the best record, then I don't know. It, it's a really difficult one to debate because I mean, out of the top five, my top five would probably be personally, I'd put KD at number one and then you go. James Aldridge, George Paul, or something like that. Uh, it, that. That's probably a bit controversial, but you know, throwing someone like Dwight Howard in, like I said earlier, is probably even more controversial than having <laughs> having Kevin Durant as your number one MVP vote. Especially coming from a Lakers fan. Yeah, but I'm not, uh, dude. I'm a basketball <laughs> fan. I want to see him playing well. I couldn't give a damn how wide the team is personally doing when you know. Dwight's playing as well as he is at the moment and he destroyed whoever it was I can't remember if he played the other night he went off on one the other night and he hit all his free throws the week before which we talked about last week he's just he seems to have been resurrected and that's what we really wanted to see from him because he could have had another slump he could have quite easily just gone in and had another issue I mean there are all the rumours of them trading Ashik for Powell and I just thought that'd be hilarious because imagine them two on the same team again <laughs> well they'd have just stripped the Lakers <laughs> and left Kobe on his own <laughs> <laughs> Dwight's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I win this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if we're talking top fives, mine would probably be LeBron, Paul, George, slash Kevin Garnett, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Chris Paul. So not Kevin a million Garnett. amount. Kevin Garnett? Oh my God. <laughs> Kevin... <laughs> Kevin Durant. Sorry, Jesus. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Is this like 2004 or five again? Something like that. Kevin Garnett plays hard every night. Let's not... It just may not be for the right team. Was that you channeling your inner Bill Simmons there, was it? You just had to throw in a, a former Celtic. Oh, no, no, no. I meant Kevin Durant. I 100% <laughs> meant Kevin Durant. Just the way that that uh, S-storm is going down in, in Portland at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I think that, I think I think the conscious uh, opinion around the NBA is them top five, is them as a top five. We mm. named the same people. We may have had it in a different order, but they are the conscious top five of Kevin Love just in with a foot in the door. But when we're talking about Paul George being the most valuable, Roy Hibbert has to have a, uh, has a, oh, has to have a shout oh, for that. Yeah. When we're talking about valuable, because what he does on the defensive end is, is, is something that I haven't seen for years. He single-handedly way- stopped the Miami Heat in that first game between those two sides. Like, they just couldn't handle how, you know, his size... How physical he was in the paint. He's just a complete beast. So they were down double digits in that game and they still came back and won. Yeah. It's, it, the, no, the thing is, we all know that Roy Hibbert is pretty much going to be the, is regardless, is going to be the defensive player of the year, which will obviously give him credit in that. But if we're talking valuable, I, I will put him on a par with Paul George when we're talking about valuable to that team. Yeah, I just think he alters so many things. You can see uh, players just when he's on, on the court and he's in the paint, players will just not even think about driving. They don't know if it's going to be vertical or anything. They just will not. They will not dare try and test him because they know that the the best thing they're really going to get out of it is a foul, and it's not exactly going to be the softest foul. It's going to be a hard foul. Yeah, 
that's why MVP for me is, is, you know, like I said, it is the valuable. It's not, you know, best player award. It is most valuable. And it's the same goes for, um, for, for Portland. So you've got, you've got Lillard there and you've got Aldridge, but without Lillard, that team is a completely different team. I mean, we saw that before Lillard was, was drafted that, you know, they weren't a great team, even though they had Aldridge there. And you've said before, Aldridge is like one of your top power forwards in the game right now. So. Mm-hmm. The fact that Lillard could come in in his second season, you know, average what he averages, 21 points a game, five assists. He's just, you know, he's a whole new level of production for him. And then he's got, then he's hitting game winners over the top of Kyrie Irving, who's supposedly like, you know, the second coming since Magic Johnson or whatever. And yeah, he's supposed to be what Lillard is now. Yeah. And Lillard's doing it in his second year. <laughs> yeah. He's just had a little leapfrog. And he's dragged the Portland team from like a, a 10th seed to the number one seed in the Western Conference, whereas Cleveland are sitting, what, a couple of games back of the eighth seed in the East. I think they, they surely got to be in the playoffs picture now. Well, they, yeah, they are. They're a couple of games back of the eighth seed, but they're, 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 record, they're 10 and 16 record at the moment, Cleveland. They're tied with Chicago. See, thinking, thinking that the East is so bad, I thought that would be probably like the fourth spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, I don't think it's quite that bad. I think Atlanta have, Atlanta have definitely won 15 games. <laughs> yes! Kaka, kaka. <laughs> give, them that, give, give them the home advantage right now with that. Yeah, it is a really weird one to debate, like the whole how you how you define the MVP, because they have it in all the other sports in America as well, don't they? So baseball's got an MVP, NFL and things like that. They've all got their own idea of what MVP stands for, what it means. So it is, I think it's each to its own, but it's, if you go and actually Google it, it's like Wikipedia's definition is it's bestowed upon the best performing player on a specific team or in an entire league. So, you know, LeBron James comes out as, as being number one. I mean, if you think if the Thunder get to the finals and they end up playing, I don't know, the paces of the Miami Heat or whatever, mm-hmm. then how do you, how do you determine the MVP in a final series? Oh, this uh, the final. They say it's the like not only finals MVP but the playoff MVP. This really annoys me. I think there should be like a distinctive playoff MVP, not just a finals MVP, but a playoffs MVP. Yeah. Because like maybe he wouldn't have won it last year, but Steph Curry last year was phenomenal in the playoffs, and it, you just forget about you forget about the first three rounds until the finals because you give you award the MVP to the finals, not for the playoffs. But some people coin it as the playoffs MVP, yeah. which. Real, which really annoys me. I think there should be a, just a playoff MVP and then a finals MVP. But then again, you can say, well, Steph Curry, for example, if he was the playoff MVP, why didn't they get to the finals? Well, that's when MVP comes a bit weird because obviously LeBron James goes and gets MVP for last year's finals, but you've got Ray Allen hitting the biggest shot of the series. Of the millennium. Yeah. And <laughs> he, he gets little to no, you know, praise for it he got praise for, on the on the moment and on the night and he will do forever for Miami Heat fans but there's nothing in the record books to say that he was you know hugely valuable for <laughs> that that team but that moment like yeah. without that that was it LeBron James had, had bricked a three beforehand and then he hit one mm. so you know if, if if Ray Allen hadn't hit that shot that Miami Heat team in general could have been you know dismantled we could have seen Boss traded because there was rumours all before that you know He'd go somewhere or that they'd get rid of him just to, to bring in someone that, that fitted their philosophy a bit better. But I don't know. It, it's a really weird one because you've got all these moments in these final series. It, you know, Kobe Bryant getting it over Pau Gasol a few years back. I mean, a lot of Lakers fans will, will think Pau should have probably won it. But Kobe got it because, you know, he's Kobe Bryant. You, you kind of have to give it to him. And, and this, it, this, that's this where the logic comes have- down. This argument could have been very long lasting if the Spurs actually did win the finals. Then we were like, well, does Danny Green get it? Does Leonard get it? Yeah, I thought, well, because they were so unclear, really, who the most valuable player, who played the best in that finals for the Spurs, yeah. that if they won, it would have been a real, a real do, head Do you think sometimes they just pick the scorers? Like, they pick I think someone they pick who the, scores the most. I think, <laughs> I think they pick the scorers and pretty, it's normally the scorers and normally, like you said, with Ka- uh, Powell and Kobe, it's normally the big name, the leader. The yeah. one that everyone thinks it is automatically. I don't even know who votes for the MVP for the finals. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I think it's just like a conscious decision. Well, we're just going to go for the biggest star. On the it's what they do on Sky Sports where they're like, and the most valuable player is, and they, they, they do it there live, and it's like one of the commentators. It's like, oh, dear God. 
here's, here's, the your, here's your bottle of champagne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's your bottle of champagne that you're probably just going to throw on someone's head. No, no, to this foreign player who doesn't speak a word of English, <laughs> and they just sort of nod there and shake, and they're like, yes. <laughs> and that's that's how awkward it is. And then they down the bottle. <laughs> Not live on TV. Well, Tierra Reeves on the other night, and all he was doing was swearing. It was like, I can't believe what? Sky Sports are letting him on here. <laughs> what words? Uh, the F word. Like, I think he used it twice <laughs> when they were live on air covering the Champions League. Jesus. Yeah, it was really funny because he's doing the match of the day coverage for the, uh, the World Cup, isn't he? So it'll be interesting to see. But anyway, moving on from, uh, from Thierry Henry. <laughs> uh, he likes his NBA basketball. I know he does. He was, he did, there was an interview the other day where he said, uh, he, he loves living in New York purely so he can just visit all these different sports and go to the basketball and things. Talking uh, about, probably talking not great about right New now. York. I've got a question for you. Who are your five most uh, five most disappointing teams of the year so far? Oh my god! I was thinking about this earlier. I think you've got to throw in both New York teams. Cleveland. Cleveland, one hundred percent. I I've, I think coming into the season, we were so high on Kyrie Irving, and I know he's got it together for the last few games and that, but he's you, got you, to be a bit of a disappointment for Kyrie Irving's season you, Utah for me I think the Jazz I think there's a lot of talent on that roster there's a lot of I, young yeah, talent on that roster but they were, they were never going to make the playoffs though Utah well no they were never going to make the playoffs but they shouldn't they're, they're not the they, look going into the season I think most of us thought Phoenix were going to be the worst team in that division yes yes not Utah like the Jazz would have been fighting in and out for maybe a playoff spot they're, they're not they're on the on paper, they are not that bad a team. They've got some great young talent. They've got bigs, which helps in the Western Conference because it is a big orientated conference. Mm-hmm. Trey Burke's balling out of his mind. Oh, like he hasn't. I don't think he's made a mistake. Like he's just been, <laughs> he's been unbelievable. I think even Michael Jordan came out the other day and said, "Look, you need to calm down, kid, because you're getting a bit cocky." <laughs> <laughs> but what then about- again, when you post the numbers, he is. You can be yeah. as cocky as you like. Thirty points in what was it? His fourth or fifth NBA game? Yeah. Uh, Chicago are obviously a disappointment, but that's for other reasons. I think uh, it's weird for me to say it, but I think Washington have been a disappointment. Yeah. I thought they could have been, they, they should have started the season a lot better than they have, but then again, they're so reliant on John Wall and Bradley Beal, it is ridiculous. Um, Detroit, for me, I think they're a lot better than they are. They look yeah. a lot better now, Brandon, Jen- uh, Brandon Jennings is back, but still, they're not really, I mean, they're seventh in the Eastern Conference right now. I, I, I'd have had them a bit higher. You um, thought they were going to be fifth seed, which I agreed because I thought we I, we didn't call the Knicks play uh, being this terrible, but we thought there's a chance here for the Pistons or the Wizards to overtake the Knicks. But I think quite a lot of the Eastern teams, obviously, I think it's it's been well documented. I've been very disappointed in the fact that we've only got three teams that are over 500. But well, that's how impressive Boston have been. I mean, Boston everywhere. I, I thought Boston would be would be pretty bad, but. Yeah. Brad Stevens, man, what what mm. a coach! They've got something there. I think they knew what they were doing when they traded everything away, and you know they've got draft picks like up to their necks for like the yeah. next five years, courtesy of the of the Nets. So, <laughs> thank you, Nets. Yeah, Jamal Crawford, <laughs> Jamal Crawford, not Jamal Crawford, Jordan Crawford was That's a player it. of a week. <laughs> yeah, to get Jordan Crawford, that yeah. is uh, that is pretty special. But he's even their roster's got no depth for what whatsoever yeah they've won 12 games and you know, they're playing they're playing really well they've beaten the Knicks twice who you know the Knicks should beat this Boston Celtics team there's no doubt about it but I don't know for me it's Cleveland that uh, they've got a hell of a lot of talent on that roster it just doesn't seem to be working um well, god I don't know about Minnesota or Golden State See, Golden State, I know Iguodala's been down. And he, I know Golden he State will turn it around, though. I know yeah. once Iggy comes back and they've sorted oh. it all out, they'll be fine. Because that they've got so much talent on that. The problem is they're so reliant on the three. And when Clay Thompson isn't scoring, which he hasn't been doing, then the whole game cam kind of goes away. and They don't really know what to do with it. And Steph Curry the other night completely capitulated and just wasn't playing well at all. So They lost to the Spurs without the big three. Yeah, that was bad. And Iggy was back in that game as well. We're talking about valuable. Iguodala is very valuable to the Golden State. They you were, love Iggy. I know I do, but they were they were ter- <laughs> they were terrible defensively without him. Yeah, they, they rely were. on him so much defensively. What about Minnesota? Do you think that Minnesota, New Orleans? Do you think any there a bit? Well, I think Timberwolves started the season amazing <laughs> as well, and I think Timberwolves fans were like, "Woohoo! Look, this is yeah. our year." <laughs> yeah. But they're doing what they're classically doing. Ricky Rubio's been bad, man. Can like, someone give he, it? All he wants for Christmas is a jump shot. It's not even that, it's the turnovers as well. 
He's just not playing good basketball. The whole that whole team relies on Kevin Love, and you know if they don't get anywhere, then he's going to be seriously peed off, and he's uh, he's going to want away. So they've got to look at. I think the Pelicans. I thought the Pelicans would have played a bit better than they were. I think there's so much talent, but the, then again, Anthony Davis goes out, and that's it. They don't really know what they're doing with themselves. When Anthony Davis was playing, they looked really good. I mean, they challenged the paces in a couple of games, and that uh, they were just you know they were a, a young, fairly deep team because even with someone like Ryan Anderson coming off the bench gives them such you know good efficiency yeah. then they, they can beat anybody on their night um, Metf- they- uh, Metfus, has been, Metfus has been a letdown but I thought they'd be I, I didn't think they'd be great anyway to be honest well Pau Gasol goes down that uh, Pau blooming out me and names Mark, today Mark Mark Gasol me and names today Kevin Garnett and Jamal Crawford anyway yeah he goes down <laughs> and then when your number one option on a team goes down Obviously, it's not good. But guess, do you, can you guess the team that uh, Western team that's won the least amount of games against the West? Uh, and it's not. It's is not it Memphis? No, it's New Orleans. They've only won four, four, four and twelve. They are against the West this year. Isn't the best. No, I think the problem with the Western Conference is it's just so talented. There's yeah, so many yeah. good teams in that Western Conference from from number one seed all the way down to where you know <laughs> what. Did, 12 seeds? 12 seeds, something like that. There's, there's talent everywhere. Like, Metfus are, they've got good players. They can play well. They're just getting on a bit. That's the problem they have right now. And when they, they're going on about trading Zebo, and then Zebo's like, you can't trade me. I love this place. And yeah. he gets peed <laughs> off of them. And then the organization gets peed off of him. It's, the West, they just can't shoot. They just need perimeter effects. And Mike Miller, I think he died for the 13th, <laughs> 13th time in the last three years. And I think he's out for quite a few. Mm. Oh, well, Miami got rid of him because they knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> they knew he was literally on his last leg. Um, I think Chicago have been disappointing, but you know yeah, the, the, the whole. Well, not not necessarily that. They were even with without Rose last year, they were one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So we know they can play, but they just have no depth on their roster anymore. They have nobody who can score the ball. DJ Augustine's starting. Oh, go away. <laughs> Get off that roster. It's like having Tyler Hansberry in, in Toronto. Yet they're fourth in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> yeah, only due to the crap division that is the Atlantic division. Well, they beat the Thunder, didn't they? I think that's the th- Thunder's first, first home loss this season. Snapped a nine-game winning streak. Yeah, and they've won two themselves. Uh, two themselves, I think, so... Mm. Interesting. I don't know. It's it's really odd. I think some teams are really impressing us. Like I, I mentioned, Boston. I just think if they get an eighth seed, then it would be it would be incredible because it would be all down to Brad Stevens and nobody else. And and there'd be a divide of quite a lot of people that wouldn't actually want them to get the eighth seed. Yeah, I don't Which know. Is are they, Philadelphia? Are, are Boston a destination? Like a free agency destination? Would you put them up there with the likes of? I don't know, Miami, yeah. the Lakers, and teams like that. I think it, it, it depends on... I don't really think it's a destination as in the city. I think it's a destination on who's on the roster. I think a lot of teams will, like we saw in the Big Three era, a lot of teams... Is of that why players, people are flooding to try and flood to Houston? Because obviously yeah. they're building their roster right now. A lot, of, a lot of players went there. Good role players would take a considerable less amount of money to play with them. I don't really think it's the biggest... It's not the biggest market, but... I always think it depends on... Well, rumours of Jeremy, Jeremy Lin and Ashik for um, Darren Williams. There were rumours flying around today. Or yesterday. We're talking about dis- disappointments. Williams just disappoints me every time. <laughs> he was just so good in in Utah. And we just see... We, he was great last at the end of last season. But he's just because he had so booze on his team, man. Everyone's good when they've got booze on their team. <laughs> Everyone looks better when they've got booze on their team. Yeah. Because he looks so bad. <laughs> Well, I think <laughs> he won them the game the other night. I can't can't be dissing Carlos Buza. They need Nate. That, that's their problem. They need that, yeah, yeah. They they have apart from Luol Deng, who's been out quite a few few games. They don't have anyone that can create shots. We've we've gone through this so many well, times. Look at Denver. Denver. We thought Denver would be wouldn't be great at the start of the season. Yet they're in the eighth seed. They they're playing really well at the moment. They have they are on a bit of a dip. They have lost three in a row. But yeah, they had a phenomenal straight before then. I think they won the, something like. Six out of their eight before that. Yeah, <clears throat> it just shows you what gr- how great that home court advantage is in Denver. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a really interesting question, actually. You catch someone on a back to back there, they're winning. What am I? Like? 
who right now do you think's set for a, a, a you know a Western and an Eastern Conference Finals? Well, Eastern, it's Indiana or Miami. I'll probably give the edge at the moment to Miami because I just don't feel like they've actually put it into their. Uh, I don't think they've hit the nos button. Yeah, are those teams just so much better than everybody else? <laughs> yes, yes, so much better in the East. Uh, and then I think on the West, I think it's probably Oklahoma. I think that nine-game winning streak shows that what, just what they can do. They can they weren't just win, beating it. They weren't just winning by five and that. They were just demolishing teams. They they blow out people. Their points yeah. differentials like ten points a game or something ridiculous. Mm. Like they when they beat teams, they beat them, and they did it last year as well. It was like nine point six last year. They had the highest point differential last year, and yeah, and they've got it this year. The only thing is, we know when we're comparing them to Portland and the Clippers. I'm not going to say San Antonio's name at the moment. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Just don't bash on the Spurs. You know they're going to be there, but the thing is, with Portland and Clippers, they've got quite a lot of new pieces. We don't really know how good the Portland depth, uh, depth is when it gets cut to an eight-man rotation, and the players that do play in the bench when the ninth, tenth people, when they're not playing, and there's more minutes on the seven, uh, six to eight. Because although I do love Portland and that Mo Williams, I know he's been great, but. He has shown signs in his career of he'll have a 12 game streak of playing very well and then he'll just fade out for the rest of the year. The problem with Portland is a lot of their games, they've just outscored the opponent. Like their defense is not amazing and they're hitting, they, they hit the threes like crazy at the moment and that's, that'll cool off at some point. They can't do that for the whole season. It's just not physically possible. We saw it from the Knicks last year. The Knicks last year were a three point shooting team and look, they're coming to this year and they can't hit one to save their life. And they, they can't, they can't they, end, they can't finish a game. They can't end a close game to save their life either. Bargnani, what are you doing? <laughs> greatest shot ever. <laughs> yeah, if a, you're a blind mongoose. No, no, no. Greatest shot ever if you're, if you're, if you hate the Knicks, <laughs> you hate Bargnani, and you just love seeing people make the most stupidest decisions in life. It's like the Nick Young 360. It's, a, it's one of the greatest shots ever. 720, almost. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of, the, it, yeah. Makes it even better. It's one of the greatest shots ever. It's just the fact that they didn't go in. And it's the fact that he had the balls to try it. And the the fact that Bargnani had the biggest brain fart you could have had. <laughs> Makes it the greatest shot ever. I don't know. For me, I, th- I still think it's the Thunder. I yeah, think Thunder yeah, have proved themselves. If everything stays fit, then they're fine. And I'm going to throw them out there. I the Spurs. Yeah. Like, how they keep doing this, I, I, it just defies everything we know about basketball. Like They haven't got a lot of youth. They've got, you know, they've got some fantastic veteran players, but the fact that they keep doing this and they, they'll hit 50 wins again this year. Oh yeah, easy. Bar, no doubt. Bar your boy, your MVP, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> um, are you a bit nervous about the bench for Oklahoma? Not nervous, but have you got, I've got a few doubts. Like Jeremy Lamb, he's played well. He's averaging 12 points, I think, but I he, think he's I very, think, I think Jeremy Lamb could really step up. Yeah. And I think Perry Jones could step up as well. Like, Perry Jones doesn't play a lot, but when he plays, he's he's pretty useful. He can hit the three. He's got a nice jump shot. He's pretty big, so you know he can rebound the ball. I don't know. I th- I think the problem with the Thunder, the Thunder, I don't think the Thunder's problem is the bench. No. I think the Thunder's problem is Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. I was waiting for you. Can't they just get the gentleman Nick Collison in? Well, yeah, they could, but Nick Collison doesn't provide you with. Well, I don't know. What does, does, what does, does Perk you, what, provide you with scoring? Yeah, what, what does Perk... <laughs> Collison actually looks like he cares. <laughs> That's because like, he, he's been with that organisation since they were Seattle, for God's yeah, sake. He yeah, loves... like, he, he'll die for loose, loose balls. Kendrick Perkins will just, like, fall. He's like a... a he would die for burritos, <laughs> is what he's he's like. like. It's like a tree. When it just falls, it just falls. It falls like straight a, down a, and that's it. Like a log. Yeah, <laughs> it just falls straight. It doesn't, like... I don't know, like... Normally, when you fall, you can kind of change directions. He just falls flat. Uh, th- that is the one thing for me. If they could sort that out, like trade him away, some uh, I'm going Am- amnesty. Uh, well, not even that. They, I, they could, I, they could get something back for him. I tell you what, Philadelphia look, look would at, love to have him. Look at Portland. Robin Lopez came out of nowhere. They got him yeah. for nothing, basically. Yeah. He was like a seventh pick in a draft a few years back. But you know, he wasn't playing great where he was before, and now he's coming to Portland. He's found his role. And when you play a natural centre, a natural centre, a centre position, they play a lot better. And we've seen that with, you know, everybody. JJ Hickson's gone over to Denver and he's playing in and he's playing his natural position and he's playing a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
We'll try. We'll have no, him. Philadelphia, Philadelphia will have him. We'll give you sport uh, horse for him. I think. Yeah, I think that would be better. Yeah, I yeah. think it'd be better. We'll happily take him. Maybe they bring in Hawes and I don't know. What about Thad Young or someone like that? They wouldn't really have a centre then, really. Like Ibaka, who has been playing great, very not really been talked about, but he's been playing very. Well, no, no, but I think they'd be able to bring in them both, wouldn't they? The way they work it around. And the, 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 the Thunder don't play any luxury tax, as far as I'm aware, so. Apart from Kendrick Perkins, who's got a massive contract that they should ship out. That's the issue, is shipping the Perk contract. <laughs> but if, um, they, if they could bring in, like, a, you know, a mid backup centre and someone else who can score the ball, then I think that solves all their problems. Then they, you know, they get someone who can, who can come off the bench, and then they get a, a centre who can just play play the centre position for, for what it is I don't think you need a star centre in, in the league if, especially if you've got Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook yeah. in the starting lineup. and a backer just he's playing oh, very yeah, well this yeah. well um, Frankie's not very high on Sergio Barker so we kind yeah. of forget about him no yeah exactly he's playing well this year um, the Nets will take him the Nets will take Kendrick Perkins what about a line what, what about if the, what about, <laughs> just throwing it out there what about if the Thunder go for a lineup where they play Ibaka at the centre and then they play Durant, Durant, then they play Roberson at the small forward or maybe you could even put Jamie Lamb in there he's quite long he could possibly play the small forward and then you go Cephalosha and, and, and Westbrook I think or your boy Reggie yeah or even Reggie would you play Westbrook at the guard then I guess either or combo guard yeah I don't know but that's what he used to play at college isn't it so yeah maybe he'd thrive off that I don't know we'll, we'll have to see but I think the Thunder's got enough talent to get themselves through anything I don't think they're going to have any issues but yeah uh, Perk for me like something seriously like figure out a way to get rid of him somehow like or just go on a miraculous injury <laughs> I don't know they, they they can get something back for him I'm sure they can some team's stupid enough to take him the Nets the Thunder was stupid enough to take him in the first place <laughs> so uh, he, he got him to he helped they him. traded away Jeff Green man what Mr. Inconsistent but look at him in Boston <laughs> Inconsistent he's been great I watched that game I last night he had like, like that guy I think oh no! I think he's a great guy, but I don't know him personally. But With all the problems he's had as well, I think he's a really great person. Anyway, <laughs> have you been watching any uh, Phoenix Suns games? No, I saw the one against the Lakers the other day, but it wasn't you've, wasn't much fun. You've got to watch them. They they are so fun. They are so fun to watch. Are you on the Bledsoe bandwagon? Are you? No, it's not Bledsoe. It's Plumley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he does things to me. I don't know what it is. He's oh my god, he's great. Oh, that's a sound clip right there. <laughs> it's probably he does things to me. <laughs> no, he literally he doesn't really have that many bas- that much basketball skill, but he'll you you look at the box score afterwards. He has like seventeen and eleven. And it's mental. Wow. You just literally just get tapped You've got to trust me. That's your homework for the week, Matt. You've got to watch at least a, one Dal- uh, Phoenix. Hey, you were telling me off for watching Kings games. Now look how fun the Kings are. <laughs> Not fun at all. They've got Rudy Gay. <laughs> They're fun. They are fun. Tom Reed will yeah, agree. I've watched. I've watched. I've watched a few. I've watched a few and. I watched the one where Isaiah, Isaiah absolutely went off and they nearly won. But imagine, imagine the whole rumours of bra- of dragging in Rondo to that mix. How how hilarious would that be? <laughs> Rondo's gonna punch someone. <laughs> Cousins is gonna throw him out of a window. Or something. <laughs> <Who knows? Yeah. laughs> anyway, uh, we haven't done a Hall of Fame in a while, so we're gonna be uh, back after the quick little interlude with our Hall of Fame picks for uh, for, for tonight. That's the inter- interlude. Thanks for that the end of a legendary career. Michael, it's been an honor to call your games and a privilege to watch you play. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. around as much as you let Iverson, I'd still be playing. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! A one-point game. 
Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. So we haven't done this in a while, so we thought we'd better put two more uh, applicants into our Hall of Fame. And uh, Frankie's not here this time, so we won't be getting any silly Spencer Hall moments again, hopefully. Uh, one maybe, more would be good. Yeah, all right, maybe, <laughs> but, but, but not tonight. Um, probably the first big three of you know the decade. Uh, the, the 2007 events, which correlated in the Boston Celtics uh, regaining a championship the following year, and then you've got uh, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce all sort of teaming up to do what Miami Heat are doing at the moment, and uh, you know win titles. They only won one but they, they did it in style. Um, so I think it was May 2007. They traded a bunch of draft picks, and uh, I think it was Delonte West and some other players, for Ray Allen and the 35th pick of, uh, from the Seattle Sonics. And, uh, yeah, it was just a huge boost to sort of Boston's offense in general. We all know how how good a player Ray Allen can be. Jesus Shuttleworth himself. Did you see those jerseys the other day? I've seen this Jesus Shuttlesworth one, which is great, because He Got Game is a great game. A great game. It's a great he got, he got film. <laughs> great it's a great film. Great film. And then the Celtics traded five players and some draft picks to bring in a 31-year-old Kevin Garnett, which everyone sort of was a bit uh, at the time, but uh, paid off massively. And obviously Paul Pierce was already there. So the, the superstar team was formed and they didn't really take too long to make their mark. They just sort of went off on one from the beginning. I think it was a game against Washington where they went up to like a 25-point lead within the second quarter. And they just, you know, they were they were amazing. And their, their inaugural season together was fantastic. And they went for 66-16, and 16, which was, you know, that's, a, that's an unbelievable record to have. That, that's incredible. And you've got, contrib- they, they had the contributions of the youngsters like, you know, Rajan Rondo and, oh God, I'm going to bring it up, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> it was great that year. Like Everyone was like, oh, look, he's actually a good player. Yeah, He, he was 100 pounds lighter than he is now. Yeah, and young and wasn't <laughs> contributing as a star. <laughs> um, and they had a, they had an unbelievable record. And then when it came to the playoffs, they just got this grueling playoff series. Like, you know, you couldn't want a, a, a more difficult playoff series to play. They had... They had Atlanta, they played the Hawks, and then they played the Cavs, and I went to a Game 7, and it was just basically LeBron James versus Paul Pierce, and if you can go back on YouTube, which you can, and go and look at those clips, then they do, especially if you're new to the NBA, because they're some of the, well, some of the best games you will see. And then they got the Detroit Pistons, and you know Detroit were no mean pushover back then, they were still a, a top team. And then they had the NBA Finals showdown with the Lakers, and you know, Despite Kobe Bryant's unbelievable efforts to, to, to bring the Lakers a championship, uh, the, the Celtics won it in six, I think it was. And, you know, they, they, that, f- six, that, that sixth game in the Garden was was a blowout. They won that, like, by 30-something points, I think it was. Mm-hmm. 40, 40, maybe 39 points, something like that. 40 points, from what my memory... And the, the biggest memory of that is watching it on telly and just hearing Kevin Garnett yelling, Anything's possible! I'm on top of the world! Yeah, like, he just didn't know. He was so beside himself. It was fantastic for him. It was great for Boston. And, you know, the Celtics were relevant again in the NBA, whereas beforehand they weren't. So if you look at the 90s, they had a few playoff runs and stuff, but they didn't really make much of a dent. And the early 2000s were not great. And they had a lot of trouble with Paul Pierce. Like, Paul Pierce was getting, you know, shot at and all kinds of things. Literally shot at. Yeah, it, uh, I wasn't joking. <laughs> Serious. But, um, no, it was good. And then, like, they, they had all these sort of, you know, encore title attempts where they, they almost they almost won it again when they played the Lakers that two years later. And, you know, they had no answer for Dwight Howard that the year after the, what they did win. They just couldn't beat, you know, Dwight Howard was unbelievable that year. And, uh, yeah, so the establishment of what, for me, would be the first big three of sort of this generation and this, this Hall of Fame is, you know, way out there. And they, they that finals series against the Lakers was great. I mean, they were all sort of, they knew it was, I think they knew after that final series against the Lakers that it was all sort of downhill from there. But then again, they went and gave the Miami Heat everything they had. You know, yeah, they, they went to two, the finals again two, day, two years later. Yeah. Set of seven games, Lakers won. Well, the thing is that about that team was, especially the finals run, I think it was game four in LA where they came back from 20-something points in, from, in, from the second quarter. That was just phenomenal, that game. I was supporting the Lakers. I'm on your bandwagon. <laughs> uh, that series, but yeah, there was one game they came back from 25 points in the second quarter. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, they pushed Miami to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals a few years back as well, which was, you know... yeah. Amazing, and they've had 
game they had they had the game where was it last year or the year before King James just went off on one in the garden like yeah, the game, year before I last a, I think it was a game six and they had to win it and he just you know completely single handedly demolished them and uh, yeah there was always a little bit of angst in this Boston team like Rondo and Ray Allen didn't get on Rondo was a bit a bit too big for his boots at the time and just sort of you know felt that he should be a bigger part of the team but. Don't know. They 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 tried they tried to do it all again, didn't they? They acquired Jason Terry and Courtney Lee and some other people and just tried to move on after one last happened. push. But yeah, that didn't really get too far. <laughs> and Rondo's um, torn ACL, which we did cover last year, you know that was one of the most horrible moments of the season, especially when you go back and you look at the footage because after after the game, the interview, Paul Pierce and mm. him and Kevin Garnett had no idea. No one did. And then they found out, and their look, the looks on their face were like, you know, that's it. It's all over for us. So, yeah, the old big three who have helped lead on to the new big three and probably another big three at some point in the near future. So I think they started it all. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to see the Boston Celtics relevant again in the NBA because they are the league's most successful franchise and they're a massive brand. And, you know, Boston sports in the UK are big. The Patriots are big. The Red Sox are big. The Bruins are big. And the Celtics are big again, so it's nice to see. Oh, that that arena was buzzing that whole run as well, which was great. Mm. So what's yours? You want to know my answer? I want to know your answer. Sorry. Um, my answer is the answer. I can't believe that he's not already in. Are I you just... talking about a guy who was picked for All-Star Games when he should have been? Uh, <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Alan, Iver- Alan Iverson. How is he not already in... The answer is, is another question, but the the main answer is that he is he's finally in our Hall of Fame. Alan Iverson, Philadelphia's he's still probably the most popular Sixer from the last twenty five years. Uh, just everything about him, obviously he was he's, he's he's my favorite player of all time. He's the reason that I really I got apart from Michael Jordan that I really got into basketball, and it was just his toughness. Listed at six six foot six foot one when he was about five five eleven at the most. Every game he he played like it was his last. Taking Philadelphia to the finals in 2001 where they did lose to the LA Lakers. But that game, game one where he scored 40, 45 points, stepped over tighter on Lou. And they were massive underdogs in that finals. Everyone thought he was going to be a sweep. And then they came out and shocked the world and won game one and then lost the next four. But it was just everything that he did for. He may have been a chucker, a ball hog, but... yeah he was but it was it was just everything about him the way that he got to the rim he just wasn't scared of contact at all he was such an emotional player he clashed with a lot of his coaches but he just he tried to do everything he could for that Philadelphia team and although it didn't really amount to a championship and maybe he's only just done his retirement he could have played a few more years but Alan Iverson I'm not really going to go into much detail I think we all know Alan Iverson how much you love him I, th- yeah. I find it really ironic that you and Frankie are massive fans of AI because you're both really big on your stats and things like that, and you don't like you don't like players who just jack it up and hog the ball and things. And AI is like the epitome of that. My, I was young, <laughs> young and naive. That's what I it was is. Young, young and naive. That's what I, I think. Was. I think Alan Iverson's record speaks for itself. Eleven All Star appearances. Uh, All Star appearances. Sorry, you know. Yeah, I think he was just the NBA steals leader for like three years in oh, a row, which is just mental. Uh, and, you know, the career history, the, not just the 76ers, but the Denver Nuggets, the Detroit Pistons, the, the yeah, Grizzlies. Unless we talk about them. them yeah, Besiktas <laughs> in Turkey, for God's sake. I mean, the guy's been all over the place. And, you know, for a but player it, it, of his caliber, that kind of shows a lot. It wasn't just his on-court stuff, though. It was everything well, off, the stuff court. That, off the court as well. He may have... Uh, got in an altercation when he was in Georgetown University and he may have been arrested quite a few times and put in jail for a bit but it was the braids obviously well, that was the hip hop generation coming it was. into the NBA and he, he and he was the definition of it the big white tees the massive chains the cornrows the do rags the arm he was the first person to have the the arm sleeve that everyone wears now he and he's i don't know he, you can see his impact on a lot of young players nowadays maybe not with the jacking but the fact that He'll just ferociously drive to the rim, doesn't care about the contact. He wants the contact. He wants the M1 because you know he's going to score the field goal. Yeah. But yeah, it was mo- a lot of it t- for me with Alan Iverson was his off-court stuff and his, how he played. Even his rap record. <laughs> well, Tracy McGrady was on, um, oh, what was it? Open Court. Open Court. The other, the other week, a few weeks ago. 
and he was talking about you know the Allen Iverson generation and what that did to the league and he was like yeah it's kind of ruined dress sense for players because players just come in and whatever they want now whereas you know when he came into the league the veteran players forced you to wear suits and things like that so AI had a bigger impact than you know people would think he used on the uh, on the bench if he was injured now he obviously everyone wears suits and that he would wear like an American football jersey he wouldn't. He wouldn't care. He always said like like I. His, his well, when he was Reebok, his slogan was "I am what I am," and he literally stuck to that. He didn't change for anyone. It, seeing him in suits when David Stern did the dress code was probably one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, especially when he sh- shaved off his dreads as well. Well, he, he just had such an incredible career, just going all over the place. You know, all over, he played played in Europe, which is you know f- to have a star of his caliber come over and play in Europe is, is is big. It may have been at the back end of his career, but yes, it's still massive for, for something like. I mean, you know, could you see could you see someone like LeBron James coming over here when like he's like in his the, the latter years of his career and playing in not no. Spain no. or whatever? Wade says he'll do it in uh, China. Ah, yeah, he'll do it. That's because he's got a massive brand in China. Coincidence? No, not at all. I don't but think no. uh, Alan Iverson had a huge brand in Turkey. From- no, but the <laughs> thing is, he was he was probably the most, apart from him and Kobe and Shaq, were, for a long period of time, were the most recognisable NBA players. Yeah, uh, they they the yeah him him Kobe well Shaq. especially him and Kobe the most recognisable players for like the, the start of the decade at least. Yeah, Philadelphia is still like. You can I hear I listen to their radio and that all the time. They, he still brought up when the callers ring in and they always compare him. He's probably one of the most loved athletes. Well, I think when, I've ever had. I think when they were, they sh- they well he announced his his whatever how many his, retirements it is <laughs> when he announced that a few weeks back and it was on League Pass and everything. You know that it was really emotional and he kind mm-hmm. of he, you knew what this, he meant to the city. It was like. It reminds me of the moment that um, Donovan McNabb was it, like his jersey was retired by the Eagles, uh-huh. and like he did so much for that team and that organization that the whole stadium just sort of, you know, erupted and applauded him for that. And I think Allen Iverson's had had the same impact, and I think it might just be Philly. Yeah, I they either hate Philly you or like that. Yeah, they hate they you. They either hate you or they really love you. And it's the same with Julius Serving as well, like, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty solid pick. Yeah, he should have been in earlier. Well, Shaq's already in. We've got to get Kobe in next, surely. <laughs> Shaq was put in, put in by someone that doesn't that isn't a host of this show, <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Shout out to Tom Reed. Well, we'll, get, we'll have to get someone else on. If if we get Nick Caro or someone like that from NBA Ons, then it's going to be a Laker. You, you just know it. Yeah, it'll yeah. be a Laker, or it'll be something that happened in the Lakers, or something at the Staples Center. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll find out, but no, Alan Iverson a pretty justified pick, I think. I think last, everything about him, just last, Wikipedia him, and you'll see everything. Last point about him: is he a is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know where you stand. They, they don't want to get shot. <laughs> he would. Jules, that was his rap name. Jules. Oh dear God. You're gonna have For- to give, you're gonna have to give me a link so I can. Ah, oh, forty bars. It's very highly offensive, and it didn't get his album didn't get put out because it was just too offensive. Wow. The, the Sixers didn't. He says the F word meaning homosexual a lot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, so we'll be back after Christmas because obviously the Christmas games are coming up. So we'll cover the Christmas games, hopefully. They're not great. No, I'm not looking forward to them. No, I'm not either. But, the uh, two it's... late games are good. Yeah, the ones at like three in the morning are good. Yes. Which is classic. Annoying. But. Um, no, we'll be covering them at some point. I think it should be Sunday night, Monday, something like that. So we'll be covering them. But uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the MVP show. You can find the website over at uh, doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. We are on Twitter at doubleclutch3. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. I don't know if we're on anything else yet. We might be on. We're direct downloads, so you can direct download us. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash doubleclutchpodcast. Uh, check out our interviews with Maximilian, the YouTube editor, and Peter Vesey, the Hall of Fame basketball uh, columnist. Two of our well biggest moments we've had. So we've had a pretty decent year, and we're looking to continue it into the new year. So we'll be back soon. Uh, you can find Matt on Twitter, I believe. Yes, you can. At Bates991. You can find him at Bates991. I'm at Matt Smashed with the one T. Uh, Frankie is around. I think he's like Guna Frank or something. And he's Big Andy D, nice and simple. Hopefully he'll be back on the show soon. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week at some point. And hopefully these Christmas games aren't as bad as I think they're going to be.
Blowouts. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, but not Happy New Year because we'll be back for that. <laughs> Marcus Morris hanging his Bledsoe with Plumley. Here's the lob and the jam. Miles Plumley has a double double in the first half. And the blunder, he reached back and got that one. I thought it might have been too quick and too hard. He grabbed it and took it home. The plum flush. I'm telling you, look, this was a tough pass for London. He threw it up there quickly. I mean, the ball got past him. And he was able to catch it and hammer it home with ease. London! Seventh double-double on the season for Miles Plumlee.